Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Good morning, Encounter. How are we this morning? That was pitiful. Turn to, turn to two people, tell them, I don't know, just tell them they look good. All right, let's just start there. Let's start there today. You look good. <laughs> oh, what do you do when two people are excited? I don't know. Just confirmation on my message today. I'm talking about don't underestimate the power of a spark. So, yeah, this is, this is it. We have been in a series called Family Business, and uh, we're, we're going to do a little deeper dive into this today. The first two weeks of this, we looked at, um, or the first three weeks, we looked at on Vision Sunday about this, the word for this year about until now, until now. And then the following week, we worked on redefining your resistance. Like resistance is not a bad thing. It gives you strength. And then the next week, we looked at where our worship is, where our first is. What do we do with our first? And so then last week, Pastor Jeff uh, Eklund just preached the house down with Legacy. That was fantastic. And today, I'm just going to be talking about don't underestimate the power of a spark. And so I'm, I'm excited about this and excited to dive into it. To all of you that gave to our Future Ready offering, can I just say a big thank you? Wow, we, this was the best we have yet had, and I just, it's just setting us on a trajectory for uh, what God has for us this year. So thank you to that. High five your neighbor. Tell them thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a team effort. That's right. That's a team effort. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to go to 2, I'm going to go to 2 verses today, I'm going to go to Luke, and then I'm going to go to the Old Testament in Haggai, where we have spent our time uh, through the beginning of this year. Luke chapter 2 and 49, and Mary and Joseph have been looking for Jesus, they find him in the temple, he's talking to the religious leaders, and they're like, why did you run away from us? Like every parent's question to a child who leaves them. Why did you walk away? Like, why are you hiding? Why are you going? Where, where are you? And why are you, like, why are you here? And Jesus says to them, like, if my kids said this to me, this would be a completely different conversation and consequence that would happen. Jesus said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know? Like, <laughs> the 12-year-old kid tell his parents, did you not know? Like, <laughs> come on, mom and dad. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Haggai chapter 1 and verse 14. So the Lord sparked. Everybody say sparked. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Jeshua, son of Zedokak. Excellent Marvel names the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people, they began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. So the Lord sparked. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm. I'm going to talk about don't underestimate the power of a spark today. Father, thank you so much for the power of the Holy Spirit that we feel here today. Thank you for changing lives, doing a work in this place. Today, Father, we pray that you would just work, you would move. Holy Spirit, breathe life and fresh fire. God, today, encourage, challenge, and equip us today. In Jesus' name, 
Everybody said amen. Someone said, my mind is open. My heart is ready. I receive it. I believe it. Do it, Jesus. A spark, I, I, I got into some things with spark, Tom. I, I didn't know that people would get angry over what a spark is until I got into a physics forum this week. Now, I wasn't a physics guy, but I find it very interesting. I did not realize there was such arguments over the physics uh, math equations. Did you know that they actually have equations to measure the power of a spark determining where the energy sources came from? It's mind-boggling. They had signs in the equation that I thought were just lines and squiggles some three-year-old drew. There were things in there, and I'm looking at this, and I, I almost brought a whiteboard up and started writing the equations out, but I would get lost very quickly, and so would you, and so I'm going to spare you. So I'm, I'm like, I'm asking, uh, I asked Roman in the car this week, I said, what, are you, what would you define as a spark? I've asked uh, other people, what would you define? I asked Pastor Jesse before church, I said, what would you define as a spark? And we try to give these elaborate answers, but here is the essence of what a spark is. It is... Simply the exchange of energy between two sources. So as, as we dive into this, sparks are, are created from multiple things. You have sparks that come from a fire. When you're sitting out, when it's nice enough to sit out by a fire, you see sparks that are coming, emitting from the flames. You have sparks when you accidentally allow the chain on your trailer to drag on the ground. There's a spark there. There's a spark when you're not smart enough to bring a lighter to light the fire so you find flint. Yeah, we, we watch Alone. Has anybody ever seen that show? Alone, they said, yeah. And this one lady, she just left because her flint stick didn't work. And I'm like... I, Anyway, that's another story. When there, is, when there is friction between two objects, when there are two currents and, and, and electric, electric issues, like how our house caught on fire a couple weeks back, like there was an arcing that happened inside of one of our um, electrical outlets. But here's, here's one of the definitions that I wanted to read to you out of one of those physics forums. The guy that was writing was a professor at the University of Wisconsin, and he said this, sparks are created when an electron is released from a conducting surface and is accelerated by an electric field towards another conducting surface held at a different voltage from the first one. On the way between the two surfaces, the electron collides with the air molecules, causing them to be excited and to emit light. This is the visible part of the spark. The electrons can also release other electrons, which then cause more collisions, releasing more electrons, and you get what is called an avalanche. All these collisions result in a transfer of energy to the gas or air, which gets heated almost instantaneously, causing a supersonic expansion, which produced a pressure wave, and a pressure waves are picked up by the ears called sound. All right, I got an electrician in the house. All right, we nailed this. I want to get this correct. He went on to say this, a spark is a very tiny yet very powerful object. Fire is the byproduct of a spark. A spark produces a fire, and a fire has unlimited potential 
and the potential of a fire is only reduced when oxygen, heat, or a fuel source are eliminated from it. Don't underestimate the power of a spark. When there is an exchange of energy, when two forces collide, when there is friction. See, some of us believe that the resistance, the friction, the battle we sang about today, that those are all bad things. Can I just tell you that sometimes the battle and the friction and the things that we go through are not there to destroy us or take us out, but they're there to ignite a spark that will cause a wildfire, that will cause an avalanche, that will cause a thing that will happen that will ignite your family, it will ignite your, your spouse. It'll ignite your friends. It'll ignite your community. It is, it is what the Lord did to Zerubbabel. God did not build the temple. He empowered men to build what he called them to build. See, I think a lot of times we want our prayers for God to be like the magic wand and he just does whatever we pray for. When really what God has done is he's given you the power and the authority to build what he's called you to build. What we're missing is not the magic wand. We're missing the spark. We're missing the spark. We're missing the thing. In fact, Paul says this, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. The kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. Have you ever heard someone just do a lot of talking, but there's really no teeth to it? They just talk, and they talk, and they talk, and they talk, and you're like, you can shut up now. It becomes white noise. And I think there's a lot of times that Christians do a lot of talking, but they really don't have any power. They miss out on the power source. They're missing out on the spark. They can talk scripture. They can talk about God. They can talk about things, but they miss out on what it really is to be about the kingdom. The kingdom's not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. As we've been working through this series, I've been praying about it. We've been fasting and we've been going through this. I've been, I've been asking God, like, like, why, why is the family business so hard for Christians, those that profess Christ, those that follow Christ? Why is it so hard for them to grasp? Why is it so hard for them to get a hold of? Like, like Christians live so beneath their potential. In fact, I would say we actually live beneath our purpose because we're not doing what Jesus instructed us to do. We have become very content in doing religious service by sitting in church and feeling good and listening to a great song and hearing a message and then leaving. But that's not the family business. Paul even said that when we gather together like this on occasions like this, it is so that we can equip and we can train for the work of the ministry. It's the work of building God's house. God's house is not just four walls on a corner. God's house is being built in temples and lives outside of here on a daily basis. What's missing is the spark. We like feeling His presence, but we've lost the intensity of the spark. So my prayer has been, Father, spark the enthusiasm of your people to be about the Father's business again. Wow. 
or my prayer has been throughout this series and will probably be a lifelong prayer. Father, irritate us, agitate us with problems that we were uniquely designed to solve. Give us a spark. Give us that agitate. Give it the friction so that the spark can come from that. Let's see that. See, I just wonder, maybe, maybe we aren't busy about the family business because we actually lack the energy to be about the business. And I want to talk about that today. I, I, I wonder if you would be honest enough in the house today, if there's anybody in the house that would say, you know, in the last week to four weeks, I have felt zero to little motivation. Anybody in the house? A few people. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have said things like this. I don't have the energy for this right now. Anybody? Yeah, there we go. Now we're, now we're talking. Maybe you have said the words, I feel so drained. Maybe even you have had the moment where you're saying, I don't know if I can go on. I feel burned out. What is happening with those statements? We are saying there is a lack of energy or there is a lack of a power source to energize us. We're missing the spark. In fact, this next week, guys, I'm giving you a heads up. Valentine's Day is Wednesday. <laughs> At one time, there was a spark between you and her. And right now, we're hearing a lot about, like, reignite the spark, right? Like, reignite the spark. Um, can, I, can I just say this? Like, there's sparks that happen in relationships. There's sparks that happen. But if the spark goes out in the relationship, the relationship seems to fizzle. Irritations come. Small things that would not bother you when the flame is burning now bother you. The way they brush their teeth or the way they put the toilet paper roll on or how they cook the dinner or how they leave their car on empty until you get in. So you have to, I'm not talking from personal experience. And you're going through this. See, what, what the enemy would love for you to believe is that the kingdom of God is just about getting through the day. If the enemy can get you to believe that you're just getting through the day, you're just, you're just getting through the moment, you're just surviving, then he has you drained of a power source that is greater than any renewable energy source we have today. Like, like the Holy Spirit's power has more renewable energy than our sun, than wind, than water. The Holy Spirit has more renewable energy than any of those sources that we have today that science can even pinpoint but the enemy knows that if he can get the renewing energy to stop in your life the power source and the fuel goes out of the fire and therefore you have no spark today i came to wage war on hell and say it's time for the spark to enthusiastically get the church back to moving again 
back into the family business. See, the kingdom of God is not just about surviving and getting through the day. It is about rewriting the narrative and the directive of life and the call of God that you have. It is a life of endless, renewable energy, power, and possibility. That is what we're talking about today can't measure the spark. You can't measure the, 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 the possibilities of what a spark might do. And I think the reason why we say things like, I feel burned out, or I don't have the energy for this right now, or I lack motivation, is because we have been trying to manage our time and not our energy. I'm going to break this down. I am really good. You can ask, ask my wife, I am really good with time efficiency. You want to talk about time efficiency? Let's set up a meeting. I will work with you. You will be time efficient like a pro by next week. I can manage that calendar. In fact, I am really good at multitasking. I can text somebody while I'm talking to somebody while I'm writing something. It's a pro. See, as our team's like, yeah, we know. I was sitting at dinner responding to a text message this week. My kids are talking to me. My wife's talking to me. I'm responding. And my wife's like, are you even listening to what we're saying? And I was able then to repeat absolutely everything that they said. And they're like, whoa. I have been able to condition myself to train myself on time efficiency. Someone's like, how do you do pastoring full-time now you're, you've started your, your own business uh, with, with, with mental health and doing all of that that takes to run a business and your life coaching and, and you're taking care of, of problems and people and yada, yada, yada. And it comes down to time efficiency. However, I have found that many times my energy levels are completely drained. And I'm like, I got my time right. I got my calendar right. Like I have this booked out so I even have family time at the end of the day. However... What I have learned is that I'm not managing my energy level, I'm managing my time level, and energy always triumphs over time. Energy must be over time. See, you can have the time right, but if you don't have your energy right, you're going to burn out very quickly. You can have your calendar correct, but if you don't have the energy to fulfill the things, do the things that you're asked to do or called to do, then you're going to burn out quickly, and then you're going to delete the calendar. Because energy is over time. If you'll master your energy and not your calendar, you're going to be productive on a kingdom level, not just a physical level. And if you'll take mastery of your spiritual energy, the power and authority God's given you, it's not just merely a technique. It's actually the essential foundation of which life of a profound kingdom success and enduring faith is built. And there's five energy sources, five energy management things that I want to talk about today as we get into this. Number one is, is we need to learn how to manage our social energy. You know what social energy is? See, a lot of you, if you're an introvert, you just like turtled. I don't want to talk about this. The extrovert's like, preach, pastor, let's talk. Let's get a part of the party. Social energy is like this. When you go into a room or with people, the energy that you have, that is uh, whether you get fueled. How many gets fueled by, by being around a lot of people? Anybody? Megan, you and me? Is that it? Wow, all right. 
How many, all right, we got a few more. All right, they're like, I don't know where this is. Is he going to call me up? Is he, uh, how, many, how many just, you feel drained when you're around a lot of people? <laughs> all right, I know who I'm talking to today. There's that social energy. You get nervous. You get worn out. You get drained. You're like, I'm, I'm good with just me, mine, and, you know, my spouse, and maybe not even them, and, and my dog. And <laughs> Social energy. Your, your social energy actually affects how the kingdom operates. Because if your social energy is not balanced, then you're actually going to shy away from people that God has called you to win. Physical energy is the second one I want to talk about, and this is probably a majority of the room. How many just wakes up right now and you are just like, woo! Anybody? One. Pam, let's go. Let's go. Uh, Mornings are not my best friend. Um, I usually wait to respond to texts or anything until after 10 a.m. because it takes me a minute to process my own existence. Physical energy. Physical energy is that, that drive that gives you... See, and if your physical energy is impacted and not balanced correctly, it's going to impact how you are in the family business. Because if you don't have the energy for physical energy to actually go out and do something to, to keep running strong, then you're not going to be in places that God has opened doors for you to be in physical energy what about the psychological energy this is this is your department this is the ability to make cognitive decisions wise decisions versus foolish decisions how how many has had psychological energy drain i just don't have the strength to make this decision right now it's a big thing it's it's this moment of you get worn out quickly when you have, are confronted with making a decision. Anybody have decision fatigue? I, there is my, yes, all right. There is moments my wife's like, all right, we need to do this. And what about this, this, and this? And, I'm, and I've told her, I'm like, I cannot make a decision right now. You do it. And we kiss and we make up later. And then physical energy comes back. All right, it's another... We're in church. Get it together, folks. <laughs> it's the psychological side. I, I just because if you if you don't have the energy to make wise decisions, how are you going to be impactful in the kingdom if you can't even make a decision of what you're going to eat for dinner? Does this make sense today? What about the emotional energy? Now we're getting real stuff. We we are very quick to be offended. Like small things that would not offend you now offend you. You're, you're, you're easily irritated and agitated by just the smallest things. Uh, it, it, it seems like you're on the verge of tears all the time. Maybe, maybe it's moments of outburst, of anger. There's no control. Like you feel like everything's going against you. And you have emotional draining of energy. You don't have the emotional tenacity to actually plow through your day. Am I talking to anybody today? 
it wears on you, the emotional energy. And so uh, science and psychology would say these are four areas that our energy levels are either renewed or they are drained. And I want to add one more energy source that I feel like they are missing in this equation. And that is the spiritual energy. That unless we have our spiritual energy renewed and empowered... It doesn't matter how much social energy you have, how much physical energy you have, how much psychological energy you have, how much emotional energy you have. If you don't have the spiritual energy correct, all of those other systems are going to fail and lead you down paths that are not productive in the kingdom. Today, maybe the source of our physical energy and our emotional energy and, and our psychological energy and our social energy and, and, and all of these things, maybe they are directly connected to our spiritual energy and our spiritual source. See, the enemy would love for you to be drained on all four of those categories so you never pick up on the spark of the fifth category. If he can get you to stop praying because you don't have the physical energy to do it, if he's going to be able to get you to stop loving people because you don't have the, the emotional energy to do it, or if, he, if he's going to get you to, 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 to sit at home and isolate because you don't have the social energy to do it, he's going to do whatever he can, and it's going to start with the spiritual energy. Energy, and the moment you get the spiritual energy aligned with his presence and his word, you're going to see that all of a sudden your social energy, your physical energy, your psychological energy, and your emotional energy get recharged because of a renewable power source that can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The church was not to be powerless. The church was birthed in a Holy Spirit movement. It was a wind from the Holy Spirit that blew into the upper room that caused flames of fire on the apostles' heads. I'm telling you today, this is a renewable source that we can lack from time to time. My prayer and my drive today is that you and I would get the spark back for the power of God, that we would be hungry for more of his energy and more of his power and more of his presence. Renew my spiritual energy. Renew my spiritual energy, God. Jesus showed us two things about how to get our energy back, how to refuel our spiritual energy. At the end of a festival of tabernacles, Jesus stands up in the climax of the feast, and he says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. See, the original energy drink is not Red Bull. See, some of you believe that it'll give you wings, and you've been trying to fly, and you've been crashing. The, the original energy drink's not Monster. It's not C4. It's not ghost. Am I talking anybody's language? It's not five-hour energy drinks. The original energy drink was not coffee. I'm sorry. I know to some of you that's blasphemy, but... <laughs> the original energy drink was what Jesus said. He said, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers... Renewable energy will flow, the rivers of living water will flow from his heart. If anyone 
comes and drinks from me. Scriptures declare rivers, renewable energy. See, some of us are looking at stagnant ponds instead of living water. And we wonder why we get toxic, why we don't have energy. It's because the water source that we've been drinking from has been tainted and poisoned. Has your dog ever gotten sick? What's the first question you ask? Who fed him what? What did he eat? Because the source of what we take in is what's going to come out. Out of your mouth is going to speak what's in your heart. And Jesus said, if you will come and drink from him, your heart is going to produce rivers of living water. And the other spot on what Jesus talks about with how to get your energy source, the, the, Jesus tells the disciples, we need to go by Samaria. And they're like, why Samaria? We don't need to go there. We, the, the, the direction to where we need to go is the other way around. We don't go through Samaria. Jesus is like, I need to go to Samaria. They get to Samaria. Jesus says, hey, guys, I want you to go into Samaria and buy food. And they're like, where are you going to be? Like, ah, sitting right here on the well, I'm tired. Yeah, I can imagine Peter grumbling with the rest of the disciples. Jesus made us walk all the way over here to buy food for him, and he's going to sit down. That's just Peter. John's like, just love him. It's okay. Matthew's like, I don't know how much this is going to cost us. Luke's like, I've got a blister. Anybody have any Neosporin? Thaddeus is just nowhere to be found. Okay, so that's... And, and Jesus is sitting at the well, and a woman comes to him. And as she comes, she kneels down and, and, and tries to get water, and, and, and Jesus is like, I want you to give me water. She's like, why give you water? Like, I'm, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, why are you asking me for this water? And, and he's like, I want you to, to do this. And, and then he begins to talk to her about her real life issues, about her marriage, about her relationships, about all of these things. And in the middle of that conversation, she realizes this is no ordinary God. This is the Messiah. This is like, this is no ordinary guy. He's just sitting here talking. This is the Messiah. And Jesus tells her to go back and she goes back into town. Now she's starting to bring everybody. There was a spark that happened with her that began to catch like wildfire. And the disciples come back with their food. And they come back, and Jesus is like, I'm not hungry. And Peter's like, mm, I went. Luke's like, I got two blisters now. I went all the way in there. And then the disciples start talking. They said, who gave him food that he, like, which one of you guys? Like, did... John, we knew it was you. You brought him food. And Jesus' statement was this. The food that I have. And the food that I need comes from doing the will of my Father. In other words, the renewable energy source for his life was not found in the physical food, but it was found in the spiritual food of doing the thing he was called to do. 
Maybe our energy sources and our energy levels are low because we haven't been doing or following or or answering the call like we were supposed to be. Like the food that you have, the, the, the energy drink of the Holy Spirit and the food is what's going to revive and restore the spiritual energy levels. Maybe it's because we've been drinking from the wrong source and eating from the wrong plates. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, give us today our daily bread. You've got, you're going to have to eat. You're going to have to have some spiritual food. Like He's not just praying that they would have provision alone, but that they would have substance spiritually. And when he's praying, Jesus didn't tell his disciples to pray because he believed that it didn't work. When Jesus tells you to pray, he knows it's going to work. So why pray little prayers when we serve a big God who wants to give big answers to big prayers because prayer works? Come on, will you just say that with me? Prayer works. Prayer works. There's prayers that are left unanswered because we have not prayed them yet. We've given mental assent, but we haven't spent intentional time praying about the very things that God has wanted us to pray. Why? Because internally, we don't believe that those can happen. They're too big for us to comprehend, so they must be too big for God to do. May we switch this today. God wants to encourage you and challenge you and dare you today to pray a bigger prayer out loud than you ever thought. There's a spark of enthusiasm that's going to come when you start praying for bigger things than just the small mind new things. See, in the kingdom, comfort is overrated. Comfort's way overrated. We want it to be comfortable. But see, in the kingdom, playing it safe is dangerous. It's dangerous. Tell, tell, tell somebody next to you, the kingdom is dangerous. Like, and what I've realized about being a part of the Father's business is that God loves to take you into places you are not qualified to go. He loves to take you into places you're not qualified for. How do I even get this job? I, I don't know how this... And God's like, no, 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 I'm setting you up, not so you can climb the corporate ladder, but there's somebody there that somebody's been praying about, and I've le- I'm leading you there. Why, why God loves to take you into places you're not even qualified for. He loves to set you up so that his kingdom can prosper. And if we don't have the right energy, if we don't have the right power, we don't have the right authority, we're going to miss out because what we're doing is we're focusing on our qualifications instead of our power. Jesus taught it this way in, in three, three passages and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of conclude here in just a moment along these lines. Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore go. Somebody say go. go. This is the commission. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 9 and 35 says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when, the, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. 
He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And then he taught in Luke 9. He's, and one day Jesus called the, together the 12 disciples and gave them power and authority. We're going we're to break this down in a moment. To cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. And he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, he said, take nothing for your journey. Don't take a walking stick, a travel bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave the town. And if the town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet. Uh, next, Let's go to the next verse. So they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. What's interesting to me is when Jesus addresses these things, he is giving them instruction on what their commission, what the go is. And then he tells them what the go is. But before he does all of this, if you read the verses and chapters before this, Jesus is setting them up big time. Jesus heals a demoniac man. Jesus then goes and Jairus, the Bible says his daughter was dying, finds Jesus. In the middle of Jairus telling Jesus his problems, a woman with the issue of blood comes in 12 years, touches his robe. She's instantly healed. He turns around. The, the, the Jairus' uh, servant says, don't worry about even coming. She's dead. Jesus says, no, she's not. Uh, he goes, heals her on his way. Two blind men come to Jesus. And he said, if you have faith, you're going to be whole. Their eyes open up. And then he says, you have all power and authority to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to give generously as you have been given. He first set it up by example of what he was doing for others. And then he empowered them to do it also. See, the family business is first represented by what Jesus did. And Jesus is did things so that he would show us an example of what we are called to do. Now hear this today. This was the baseline of what it meant to live like a Jesus follower. This was not, I want you to one day get to this place. This was, I'm empowering you today. So why 2,000 years later do we struggle with feeling like the greater work is healing the sick and the greater work is raising the dead and the greater work is saving souls and the greater work is it why do we feel like the greater things is is the baseline of what it means to actually follow Jesus see when Jesus called his disciples he said I'm giving you a commission to go into all the world to disciple to baptize to train to heal to have all authority see uh, Bill Johnson just said it this this way this week and it captivated my attention with it he said the authority in scripture comes from our ability to obey the commission the power comes from the holy spirit so may i present to you this morning that maybe the reason we lack in authority and power is because we're not being obedient to the baseline of what god has called us to be a part of because our energy source has been drained. We don't have enough physical energy, emotional energy, social energy. We don't have enough energy for this. We don't have motivation. We don't have any strength anymore. 
And I'll tell you, the enemy would love for you to live on a level that is subpar to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. See, when the Holy Spirit does that work in your life, these things become normal, they become routine, they become a part of what the kingdom is about. And discipleship is not just about knowing about Jesus, it's about doing the works of Jesus in the earth that we live. Oh, I've come to mess hell up this morning. I know, I know, I know we've already made hell this mad this year. I, I know it. We've had friction. We've had things happen. I know, I know we've made hell mad this year. Uh, Pastor Jesse and I, we've had, we've had a, a couple of weeks. And I'm telling you right now, the reason is, is I believe God is striking a flint stick saying, hey, I want to spark an enthusiasm in the church. I want to see a revival come. I want to see souls saved. I want the sick to be healed. I, I want to see the dead raised. I want to see blinded eyes open. I want Rathram to have an encounter with God. I want until all of Rathram and beyond knows about Jesus. So what is the family business? The family business, you can take a picture of this, you can write this down, but this is the family business. This is the commission of what we are called to do. Number one, love people. Someone say that with me, love people. Love people. I know they're annoying. I know they can be infuriating. I know they may not have the same political beliefs as you. I know they may not view things the same as you. They may not have their same religious beliefs as you. There is no pre-qualifier for the love of God. Love people. Love people. That's the family business. If you can't love people, you cannot heal the sick. If you can't love people, you can't baptize and teach. and If you don't love people... You can't be obedient to the commission, love people. Number two is this, find the lost. Someone say this, find the lost. Like we're on a search and rescue mission for lost people. Jesus had compassion on the crowds because when he saw them, the sheep had no shepherd. Find the lost. Number three is this, we preach the good news. Someone say preach the good news. That's not just about being on stage. That's preaching the new, good news to your coworkers. But pastor, what if... What if I don't have a hundred scriptures? That's fine. Because if you'll show them that you love Jesus every day, you're preaching the good news. Don't create bad news from good news. Pastor Jeff covered it last week. Don't create conspiracy theorists out of the good news. Number four, someone say this with me, make disciples. Teach, train, talk. Bring them into your house. Let's talk through the Bible. Let's talk through Scripture. Let's see. The, let's make disciples. We have discipleship classes that happen in the spring and in the fall. Make disciples. Join one of those. Teach. Train others. We have e-groups that, are, that you can get a part of that we do discipleship. Talking next to each other. See, discipleship just doesn't have to be a designated time on a calendar. Discipleship comes from the spiritual energy to then pour into others. Number five, tell everyone about the kingdom. Come on, turn to your neighbor to tell, uh, tell about the kingdom. So Jesus said, tell everyone about the kingdom. Every, everyone. Tell everyone about the kingdom. And then it gets a little hairy. Then it gets a little, woo, I don't know if we want to do this. It gets a little messy. It gets a little intimidating. 
Because then the family business looks like, eh, cast out devils. Now nah, I'm good. Hey, pastor, I got a guy that, uh, you know, I just need you to come pray for. That's not what the Bible says. I mean, I'll come over and pray. But you have the power and the authority to cast out devils. This is the baseline of what the family business is. You have the authority to pray over yourself. And I would say some of you need to cast the devil out of you before you ever cast the devil out of anybody else. <laughs> All right, I'll preach that another time. Cast out devils. The next one was heal the sick. Boy, I have often had struggles with this one. It didn't say beg God to heal somebody. It didn't say, you know, do crazy things to heal. No, it just Jesus just said it almost nonchalantly to them. Heal the sick. When you go baptize, teach, train, preach, cast out devils, heal the sick. We're, we are a church and a body of believers that believe that the supernatural power of God exists today. It did not die with the apostles. It continues to live on. It didn't end in the book of Acts. It continues to live on. And it has lived on throughout all of history and time. And what's beautiful about this is that now you and I, in 2024, the commission did not change because a calendar changed. The commission remains the same. And maybe the reason why Christianity is without authority and without power is because we have lost the commission and we've gotten more political than we have kingdom-minded. Maybe we've gotten more, more involved in, 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 in our own problems than we have actually in solving problems for the kingdom. Maybe, maybe the problem is the reason why our world is in the place that it's in is because the church has become anemic, it has become lethargic, and it has become weak. And that was never what the church was supposed to be. When Jesus commissioned his 12 and then his 12 taught and trained and, and worked, and then that got passed on to us, you and I have the same responsibility and the same way on our shoulders to go and cast out devils, to heal the sick, to preach the, 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 the good news, to find the lost, to love people, to make disciples, to tell everyone about the kingdom. Then he said this, I want you to raise the dead. Yeah, we'll skip that. Nope. This is baseline. This is what it is. And then he says this, give as freely as you have received. And all of these check the energy levels in our life. I'm going to ask our band to come. They check because I don't have the energy to heal the sick when I am sick myself. And here's what I've come to realize. We want God to heal us so that we can be happy. When God wants to heal us so that we can be used. We want to be free so we can be happy, but God wants to free you enough to be used. We want to be saved so that we can be happy, 
And God wants to save you so you can be used. You want to be restored so that you will be happy, but God wants to restore you so that you can be used. Anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? There's a, there's a flow here. We've got to get our perspective changed. The energy sources that you are finding today in this room is going to be found because you're taking the water, the living water from the Holy Spirit, and you're doing the work of the gospel and the commission that he's given you. There's authority, and then there's power. And some of us just need a renewing of energy today from the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, breathe on me again. Holy Spirit, light me up again. Put a flame. Give me that spark again. I don't want to be healed so I can be happy. I want to be healed so I can be used. I don't want to be set free so I can be happy. I want to be set free so I can be used. I don't want to be restored so I can be happy. I want to be restored so I can be used. This is what the gospel is about. This is what the power of the Holy Spirit is about. This today, don't underestimate the power of a spark. So Holy Spirit, spark our enthusiasm. Spark our enthusiasm. Ignite us again. Because the spark has power in the moment to light a flame. And science says the only thing that can stop the flame, the only thing that can stop the fire, the only thing that can stop it is when its fuel source has been cut off. Not today. Not today. In 2024, may the church have a direct fuel line to the power of the Holy Spirit that keeps the flame burning and alive. Today, I have been sent with a directive to give your energy back from the power of the Holy Spirit. The water you've been drinking of, today God is opening the floodgates so you can have living water again. Some of you have been dormant in your gifting and God is opening that back up today because there is a flow that is coming back into your life. There's an energy that's coming back into your life. Today, if you'll focus on the spiritual energy, you'll get your physical energy back. You'll get your social energy back. You'll get your emotional energy back. You'll get your psychological energy back. It's coming back today. There is an energy that's coming back only by the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to walk out of here saying, I'm burned out. You don't have to walk out of here saying, I'm not, I'm not motivated. You don't have to walk out of here today saying, I don't have energy for this. But you can walk out by the power of the Holy Spirit saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've got power from a source no one else knows about. I've got a renewable energy that nothing can shut up. Come on, that battle is just a flint striking. It's getting to ignite something in your life. Come on, will you stand all over this house? I feel, I feel that power surging here this morning. Prayer team, would you come? If you're on schedule, would you join me?
not just all talk. It is living by God's power. Would you lift your hands all over this room this morning? I, there are some in this house today. This is just a defining moment where God is just going to wreck you. You're going to, as you lift your hands, you're going to instantly feel spiritual energy reviving inside of you. Some of you are going to feel just the wind of the presence of God just blowing by. Some of you are going to feel a burning in your heart that's just igniting. Today, the spark is here. But are you willing to receive the power source from it to ignite your life on fire? Holy Spirit, restore your power in us. Revive the energy source in our life. Living water, flow again fire of God burn brighter and hotter. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.